the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Let Us Reason, a Christian-Muslim dialogue with host Al Fadi. Let Us Reason is a unique show utilizing theology, apologetics, and evangelism to reach Muslims for Christ by comparing and contrasting Christian and Muslim doctrines. And now, your host, Al Fadi. Well, good morning, everyone. Uh, thank you for joining us today on another episode of Let Us Reason. I'm your host, Al Fadi, and this is uh, Let Us Reason, a Christian-Muslim dialogue uh, on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. Uh, today, uh, I am going to take a drastic shift. Um, to be honest with you, we've been talking about Islam a lot, and I feel like, you know, I think we've built enough foundation to help all of us as believers realize one thing. Muslims need Christ. And if you need Christ, you need grace and the grace of Christ. And if you need the grace of Christ, there is no better um, uh, passage or book in the Bible that deals with legalism that Muslims exercise and grace than the book of Romans. And I'm excited to tell you that with me here today in the studio, a dear brother, uh, a friend, a uh, a brother in Christ, a uh, colleague, um, uh, a uh, someone who attended seminary with me and graduated also with me. His name is uh, Pastor uh, Mark. Uh, we're going to uh, just uh, mention his first name. I'll leave it up to him to uh, mention the rest. And uh, he's a staff at uh, First Baptist Church in Tempe. And uh, Pastor Mark uh, uh, basically is a preacher and a teacher. And he pro- uh, provides usually uh, pulpit supply for other churches. So if you're a pastor, you're listening, uh, please keep Pastor Mark in uh, your mind. And you can always, of course, reach out to him through me if you like. And I'll let Pastor Mark also share his info. Uh, my email, as always, is Sierra Ministries, C-I-R-A Ministries in plural, at uh, gmail.com. Pastor Mark also is a graduate of Phoenix Seminary with a, an MDev in interdisciplinary studies, and uh, we'll also let him explain this fancy term to us, and always uh, a student of the Word. And I know that because him and I uh, enjoy coffee and Scripture together almost on a weekly basis, and the Book of Romans is a book we've been going through together as well, translating the Greek into English and enjoying the depth of the Word of God. He has a passion uh, for God's people to grow deeper in love with him, and also for his love to overflow into loving others. That's the point. That's the key point. Loving others as God loved them, because everyone in uh, humanity is uh, made in the image of God. Pastor Mark, thank you so much for joining me today. It's great to be here with you today, Al. Thank you. So uh, tell us a little bit, uh, how can people, first of all, get a hold of you, and then we'll repeat that info later. Well, I have a website. They can learn more about me uh, at servingtheshepherd.com. One word, servingtheshepherd.com. You can find uh, more info, some sermons that have been done, and uh, other things about me there. And uh, what is this interdisciplinary studies that you did? Because um, uh, it sounded more fancy than mine. (laughs) 
<laughs> well, you were biblical communication. I was biblical communication. But basically what it means is you have a little bit more Hebrew than I do, but I probably had a little bit more Greek than you did. So I was able to adjust some things accordingly. Very good. So I guess we balance each other. There. So uh, back now to uh, the book of Romans. And uh, let me just uh, briefly tell you, the book of Romans is an awesome book, like I said, when it talks about our need for grace compared to the need for the law. Paul made a compelling argument in a legal way, uh, as if he is in court uh, presenting a legal argument uh, before God, who is the judge. And uh, the Lord, of course, is speaking through him, telling us that if you want to rely on uh, law, at least in this case, in Paul's case, he's referring to the Old Testament law. If you're relying on law to save you, that ain't going to happen anymore. And here is why. And of course, uh, you begin to look at uh, the passages starting from chapter 1 all the way to chapter 8. And we get this argument that we are sinners. We are a fallen, uh, basically, uh, um, uh, humanity in need of a Savior. And here is why we need Christ. And then we enter into salvation in, in terms of talking about uh, justification and talking about uh, sancti- uh, sanctification and so on and so forth. But we are not going to really dig deeper into the entire book today. We're going to just take it easy and start from the beginning. And Lord willing, me and Pastor Mark are going to invest uh, a number of shows on this. And as always, I'm going to take it back to the need that a Muslim person need to hear these things from you. And of course, our intent here is to help you as believers who are listening to us or a seeker who is also a listener, especially if you're coming from a Muslim background, to realize that law works are not going to save you. And if you're a believer, we hope that this will bless you and enrich your ministry and uh, your approach to uh, the lost. So, Pastor Mark, uh, tell us a little bit about uh, why the book of uh, Romans is uh, pivotal when it comes to grace. Well, Paul was addressing this church that he'd never been to. He'd never met the folks, really, and he he hadn't been there, but he wanted to go. And so he's writing this letter, thinking he's going to end up there soon, and he wants to introduce both both himself and the message, the gospel, the good news that he proclaimed to them. Uh, He wants to give them uh, a blessing, and he wants to have them help him in in reaching the rest of the world beyond Rome. And specifically, the tradition of history is that he wanted to go to Spain. So Romans is important as a foundational book on God's grace and the message of salvation to the nations. Absolutely. And uh, quickly, um, uh, chapters 1 to 8 is salvation in general, and then chapters 9 to 11 talk specifically about Israel, and chapters 12 to the end, which is 16, that's dealing with us as believers, an exhortation, if you wish. But uh, he dug deeper into that, meaning Paul. So uh, this is a summary of the book of Romans. There you go. You don't have to listen to us anymore. I'm just kidding. So nevertheless... um, Let's start from verse 1, and uh, here is what uh, the greetings of Paul, I'm reading from the ESV, uh, stated in verse 1, and we're going to start to exegete this for you, and my dear brother here will uh, utilize the Greek, and uh, I have also the same information in front of me, and I will interject my thoughts, and we'll try to tie it to the last, and in my case, to my Muslim people. Paul, that's the beginning of verse 1, chapter 1, Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus called to be an apostle, set apart for the gospel of God. Brother, 
Take it from here. Well, it's a, it's a beautiful beginning. Paul introducing himself. He says that he's a servant or a slave even of Christ Jesus. And he's called, this word called. He's been invited, if you will, by Christ Jesus. Invited for a very specific job. Uh, and that is to be an apostle. Now, apostle, we know of the 12 apostles. We think of this as a really high position in the church. But it's also someone who's just a messenger. So Paul is telling the Romans that he's a servant and he's a messenger and he's been set apart for something. He's been set apart. He's been removed, if you will, from other parties so that he can devote himself to a very specific purpose. And that purpose is what he calls good news from God. And, you know, uh, I love the way you said that uh, he is removed from other parties. This is election season. And I tell you this, um, Uh, I understand that there are uh, affiliations with this party or that party, but as believers, I'm going to tell you this, you have allegiance to one party, and that's the party of Christ. And that's the only party uh, you are going to uh, obey, a party that will send you, the party that you are going to share uh, the good news about. And notice, uh, Paul is a servant. That's the word he. it's used in ASV, which literally a slave of Christ. And by the way, I want you to think as believers now, as if Paul is representing who we are. Obviously, we're not apostles in the sense that Paul is talking about, but nevertheless, in the same book in chapter 10, Paul says that lost people need to hear the gospel, but how will they hear it if no one is sent? So, uh, obviously, uh, you probably didn't think we were going to get there, but at some point we'll get there and tell you, you are sent as well as slaves of Christ. All messengers, that's right. Absolutely. So, he is a slave of Christ. He was invited. I love the word. And and by the way, any of these words you're going to hear, these are like our fancy words because we studied Greek at the seminary, so we want to show off here and show you that we know a few things. But nevertheless, we are all invited by our Savior. And that's what I love about our, our Lord. He doesn't force you, by the way, to do anything. He's not going to force it upon you. It, obedient, really, uh, and faith are uh, connected and intertwined. I mean, if you really love Christ, therefore, it goes without saying that you are going to love his message and you are going to love the people he is sending you to. We cannot really distinguish and separate between all of these aspects. So, brother, now that we know that Paul introduced himself as a slave, I mean, what a way to introduce yourself. I mean, people always introduce themselves as Dr. So-and-so, Ambassador So-and-so. Paul says, I am slave So-and-so. Right. We think we have to have a great pedigree, but with Jesus, what he cares about is that obedience and that servant's heart so that when he invites us and sends us, we're ready to go. And he did not even use a definite article. He didn't say, I am the slave of Christ. He said, I am just a slave, meaning there are others as well. And that also goes with apostle. We think, oh, he was the apostle to the Gentiles. We put that definite article. He was just a messenger, and he was a slave. And you know what, brother? I always remind myself, uh, I'm not it. You know, I'm not the it. I am just it. Just it. And, and therefore, uh, I have to always remind myself that I am not unique, not distinguishable. The Lord can really say, thank you very much. I have someone else. If I begin to think that I am special. Ah, but we are a bit unique. We have been set apart. We've been set apart for God's use and God's purpose. Amen. And I love the plural use of that because we are still part of a community. Yes. 
So moving on to verse 2, how can we build on this awesome intro? Well, he tells us that there's good news, Paul does, and people would say, oh, I want to hear this good news. And so before he springs it on us, he wants us to know that it's good news that's actually been around for a while. Uh, this good news was uh, um, uh, previously promised in the Old Testament through the uh, prophets and in the Holy Scriptures, the Holy Writings. It's the good news about how God's trying to make everything right again, how he's trying to restore what was lost in the fall when he and and humanity were together, and now we're separated. God is in heaven. We're here living in sin and with evil and with destruction and with death. And the good news is God really does want to try to fix things for us. And that's the beauty about this. And by the way, I'll just interject uh, a quick thought here. Uh, as a Muslim, I grew up thinking that the word good news, which is in uh, the Quran called Injil, which comes really from a Latin word, a, a evangelion, meaning to evangelize or to share the good news. Uh, I used to think it's a book only. But here the Bible tells us that it is Christ himself. It is the message itself. And here is the beauty about this. It says that this good news that Paul, the apostle, and the rest of us will be sharing has been promised from days past. It's nothing new. Muslims think that Paul's message uh, is something invented today in the New Testament. Not at all. Paul is just delivering something that was already promised in the past. And our Lord himself did an awesome Bible study with the two students on the way to Emmaus in Luke 24 verses 44 to 46, showing them from Scripture. And that's what I want to hammer here, that this promise is found in the Holy Scripture. Uh, You know, the good news of Christ doesn't come from someone's own interpretation. It comes from the Word of God, and the Word of God never changes. The Word of God is always there. The promises of God are always solid. God is faithful. And if He said, I have good news for you, those good news, the good news I should say that he mentioned is indeed good news. And let me tell you this, I'll take it all the way to Eden. That's where the good news was announced. Yes, it was. So this is how far back the good news goes. But how do we know this? From the book of Genesis. What is the book of Genesis? It's in the Holy Scripture. It's in the Word of God. That's right. The promise given to Eve that she would have a seed and that seed would destroy the work that the serpent had done in the garden by lying to and and deceiving and bringing uh, evil into uh, the world through Adam's disobedience as he listened to the words of the serpent. And Genesis, it paints it even a, a better picture. I think we need to mention here up front that we get to the story of Babel in Genesis and the the nations now, humanity, are being separated. We're about as fragmented as we can get by the time we get to the story of Abraham in Genesis. And it's from that story that we start to see God really working to rebuild what has been fragmented and destroyed. And so we have all the nations. They don't live in peace together. They don't speak the same language. They don't think the same ways. They don't work together on things. We're fragmented greatly. And and now God does this work with Abraham where he promises that all of these fragmented nations, these fragmented peoples, are going to be brought together through Abraham and through uh, him, the nations, 
the Gentiles, we often say, but it's really the nations are going to be blessed and restored by God. Absolutely, and that's in Genesis 12, verses 1 to 3, which many will, uh, will call it also the, the uh, proto-evangelism. Uh, uh, however, like I said, I can, we can take it all the way back to the Garden of Eden. But I want to also emphasize something here Paul says. He didn't say uh, which was previously promised through a prophet. It is through his prophets in the plural. And I can tell you, you find this, of course, in Genesis. That was written by Moses. You are going to find it also in the promise made to Abraham, uh, the promise that was made in the garden before that, the promise that you are going to read, for instance, in the prophets like Isaiah, like Ezekiel about the Son of Man. You go all the way to the minor prophet and even Malachi, the last book in Old Testament, all of these promises are there. This is why I love Matthew's writing. He always emphasizes that this is, uh, uh, t- uh, this is to fulfill what was written, uh, to tell you that Jesus came to fulfill all of these prophecies, prophecies and the good news, and Jesus himself is that good news. Brother? He's called Messiah, by the way. So he, he refers here, Paul says, a slave of Christ Jesus. Christ is another word for, it's the Greek word for the Hebrew word Messiah. And this Messiah, this promised one, or specifically in the Hebrew, this anointed person that from God, uh, he was promised from way back in the beginning. The, and as you said, all of the prophets even speak of him. While they may not specifically use the term Messiah, there's this idea of the branch, of the promised one, of someone who's going to restore and rebuild and make all things right again. Absolutely. Isaiah 11, for instance, talk about the branch. Uh, you have the promise in Second Samuel seven fourteen to King David. That's the royal lineage of Christ. The promise in Genesis 12, that's the seed from Abraham. And then you get all the way to uh, the promises uh, in uh, prophets. And finally, we get to the New Testament. This is why Paul is saying what we are sharing with you. In fact, in First Corinthians, uh, uh, in, uh, I'm sorry, Second Corinthians, uh, let me take it back. First Corinthians 15, Paul says the good news that he is sharing with us, the gospel, is something that he received and delivered as a first important. Notice there is a tradition here, and we're not talking tradition in the sense that the church, for instance, uses. We're talking about the tradition in passing the same message over and over and over again. What Paul is sharing with us is what he received also from Christ himself, and what Christ came to fulfill was also delivered through the prophets. What you and I go and share is the exact same gospel that the Apostle Paul is talking about 2,000 years ago in, for instance, the letter to the church in Romans. Uh, Verse 3, brother. So it is good news. I just want to say that it is great news about how God's going to restore things. And I love verse 3 because it's specific now. This good news is concerning God's Son. It's not just news about an event. It's, it's good news about a person. And this person is the son, the son of God. And he, he has this lineage, if you will, according to the flesh. He was human. Uh, according to his human lineage, he's a descendant of David. David was promised that he would, re- he would have a descendant who would reign forever and who would rule the nations, again, those nations come back in, with a rod of iron, and this descendant would make all things right. 
You know, uh, brother, I, I love you, uh, the fact that you're hammering the nations. And, of course, we're going to get to uh, that in verse 5, at least in the intro to the letter. And uh, let me just say something uh, to all of my brothers and sisters uh, who are listening to me right now. It breaks my heart when I go to churches, by the way, and I speak to believers who are afraid of Muslims. And uh, don't think of Muslims as lost people who are in need of the gospel. And let me uh, tell you that Muslims are part of these nations that Christ has sent us to. Therefore, we have no excuse to distinguish and pick and choose who we want to share with uh, the good news and whom we do not want to share the good news with. We do not have that authority. Like Paul says, we are slaves of Christ and a slave obeys his master. And we are sent by the master and therefore we are to deliver the message the master entrusted to us. He trusted us. He said, can I trust you with this good news so that you can go and share it to all the nations? So you don't want to let the master down. That's uh, what I want to try to, I'm trying to tell you here. Now, if you're joining us, you are listening to uh, Let Us Reason, a Christian-Muslim dialogue with Al-Fadi. And with me here, uh, a dear brother, his name is Pastor Mark, who is a uh, teacher and a preacher and uh, someone who uh, enjoys the Word of God and enjoys digging deeper into the Word of God, especially from the uh, original language, in this case, the Greek. So how do we tie all of this now to um, the next passage in verses 3 and 4, brother? Well, it's interesting that uh, that Paul says that according to the flesh, there's there's a human lineage, there's a human story, if you will, here about this Son of God, this person the good news concerns but there's also in the next verse there's there's a, a spiritual side of this in fact there's a side of this that's pretty huge and pretty big and that is that this son of god is in fact god he was declared to be according to the spirit of holiness the son of god not just any man but the very son of god by the resurrection from death, from the dead. No one has come back from the dead and remained. Yet this son, this, this man who is the son of God, who is in fact God, he came back from the dead. So let me interject something real quickly here. Pastor Mark is talking about verses 3 and 4, where it reads like this in the ESV. Uh, uh, remember, the end, uh, the last clause in verse 2 says that... Um, Uh, or I'm going to read verse 2, which he promised, this is the gospel of God, which he promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures. What is this promise? What is this gospel of God? Concerning his Son. Who is the Son? Our Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Chosen One, who in the flesh was descendant from David, but he is God who is spirit. That's why we call him God incarnate as right. John 1, 14. Now, brother, I want to play the devil's advocate. Are you telling me Jesus was declared to be the Son of God only because of the resurrection? The resurrection shows the power of God. It, in fact, that's what it says here. He was declared to be the Son of God in power according to the Spirit. See, the flesh, the flesh dies. People die. And that's what we're used to when we hear about somebody coming back from death or from the dead. That that just doesn't happen, and we don't believe it. But the fact that in the spirit world, in God's power, with God himself, he can do all things, and he, with his power, 
raised Christ from the dead, brought him back from the dead, and now he lives forever and is seated at the right hand of God, we're told in other passages. So, what uh, uh, translation, uh, because we're talking in Greek, uh, Jesus, who declared himself to be the Son of God in the Gospels, in multiple places, the resurrection proved that that's the case. That's right. It's, and, it, and it shows the power of God that is behind this message. I think that's Paul's point here, because he's going to talk again a little bit later around verse 16 about the power. And it's this power that God demonstrated that we have the ability to tell people about in the good news that God has raised someone from the dead and that through this person, we also can have new life or eternal life. Amen. Well, um, our time is almost up, and if you've just joined us, uh, you've been listening to Let Us Reason, a Christian-Muslim dialogue with Al-Fadi. With me here, Pastor Mark from uh, First Baptist Tempe. And uh, we want to invite you to join us next week as we will continue our discussion from the Book of Romans. We've been investing time today just on the first three first pass, uh, verses in the first chapter of Romans, a deep letter in the New Testament. Uh, Once again, I thank you for uh, joining us. Uh, You can always reach out to me by emailing me at ceraministries at gmail.com. You can listen to this episode and archived episodes at SoundCloud. Search for Let Us Reason. And I am uh, glad to announce to you that we just launched our website called cerainternational.com. You can also interact with me uh, through Facebook uh, from that particular website. Uh, Thank you so much and have a blessed week. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.